Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Interested in starting your own podcast? Then Anchor is the right platform for you. When it comes to creating a podcast and editing and producing, Anchor has all the necessary tools for you to have a top-notch product. Anchor also distributes to your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They even give you the opportunity to make money like we are right now just by having them as a sponsor. The best part? It's completely free to download and use. Download Anchor in the App Store or on Google Play and get your podcast started today. Welcome to the Say Hey Podcast, a San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter at Say Hey Doug. Give Rob a follow at Say Hey Rob. Make sure you're subscribed and following on, for um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So get notified when those new episodes are out. Also, make sure you are following us on our new uh, group page, Giants Chatter on Facebook. Uh, We got about 40 followers in the last week alone. We're excited to get going on that. We'll be discussing Giants news, old memories, and eventually when the uh, season comes around, we'll be doing game threads so we can discuss pitch-by-pitch matters on there when the games actually get started. So excited about that. Let's bring in my co-host, Rob. What's going on today, bud? Oh, man. Finished a long work week. Feeling good. Really, really excited about this episode because it's been a brood in my head now for about a week with all, <laughs> the, with all the delays, mostly on my part. But, uh, you know, life happens. But, um, see, are we going to be doing spring training games for the uh, Giants chatter? Because I think that's uh, those are the best games when we got new mu- dudes that's in there every, every inning. That's to be determined. But uh, I'm excited to see that, you know, the great thing is I would say – the games that don't matter, like the preseason baseball, you know, a.k.a. spring training, is by far the most exciting, you know, professional games that don't count. Because those guys you get to see, like, uh, I don't know, some guys are, you know, 28, 29 trying to make the club. Some guys are, you know, 20 that just got a, you know, non-roster invite. Like, uh, spring training is by far the best, you know, preseason when it comes to professional sports. Absolutely. And, there, and there's so many. So, I mean, it's it's just – it just adds on to, you know, why people hate baseball. There's so many games. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Hey, before we get into uh, today's episode, just want to remind you that the Say Hey podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Maine and Yosemite in Manteca, visit MantecaBedquarters.com for more details. Okay, well, Rob kind of brought it up. Dude, I'm really excited to do this episode. This is going to be fun. So what what we're going to do today is something a little different. We're going to do our top 10 Giants players from the year 2000. So basically the Pac-Bell, SPC, AT&T, Oracle era, (laughs) if that makes sense. So we, uh, Rob, I was expecting you to jump in there or something <laughs> funny or something stupid to say, and you let me down, man. You let me down. No, I mean there, were, oh, there was so much I could say about Calvin Murray, but I'll, I'll hold <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, so let's jump right in. We're gonna do okay. So Rob and I have a list of our top ten um, Giants players since the year two thousand. We're gonna go from ten to one, and we'll alternate. So um, without further ado, would you like me to start, Rob? Go ahead. Okay. At number 10, speaking of Rob, I'm going Rob Nen. <laughs> All right. 
Smoke on the Water, closer back in the late 90s, early 2000s uh, for the Giants. And remember, I, all my stats I have, whatever, I, is from the year 2000 on. So anything prior to 2000, I didn't count on here. So um, Rob was a, a 2002 All-Star, the 2001 Saves Leader, and I don't know if many people know this, he finished fourth in the 2000 Cy Young voting. Um, dude, was, dude was nails back in the day. And it's crazy because he, he retired at the young age of 32. Like he was still super young and, and he like, he went out on top. Like he was a great closer in the 2002 Giants um, NL pennant year. Um, and, and just went out after that, a 2.28 ERA from 2000 to 2002 um, and 129 saves. It's crazy. It's over 40 a year there. So my number 10, Rob Nen. Yeah. Rob Nen was, uh, you know, he was one of those guys where you, you knew once he got the ball, the game was over. And once, uh, you know, I, I don't exactly remember what happened that, that kind of cut off his, his career, but, but man, what a, what a run he, he had with the giants and, and it's easy to forget, but he did win a world series with the Marlins in 97. So, True. so maybe, you know, he got his money, guys ring and I'm out. Yep. Good point. Right. Okay, so my number 10 is uh, Javier Lopez. Ooh, another reliever. Yes. Um, mostly because when you're a specialty reliever like he was, I-, I can't imagine how hard that is to stay sharp and on your craft every day and to never slip up the way he never slipped up. You know, he would come in, I mean, most notably – 2010 when his his job in the 2010 NLCS was to get out Chase Utley and Ryan Howard that was his job and I don't believe he pitched in in, in every game but I mean once and and I want to want to say they got him in a very minuscule trade from the Rockies that year for so for somebody I I don't know who it was that that's how small it was and, you know, he had not been that impressive of a reliever up to that point in his career, but the Bochi and the, those guys saw something in him. And for that guy to come in and be such a – to me, he's an overlooked part of their three World Series championships. And, uh, I mean, can you recall one time where he ever, ever slipped up in, in a big situation? I truly cannot you know, when, when you bring up Poppy Lopez, I think of obviously like that core four, as they would call it, back at the back of our bullpen for those those several years when you have Affelt, Lopez, Romo, and Casilla. And probably the most consistent guy was Javi Lopez. Didn't blow you away with velocity, but man, he had that like three, like a low three-quarter release, that slur of action coming across his body. Javi Lopez was a great giant for several seasons. And um, yeah, that's great to put on on the list. So um, we'll move to number nine at number nine on my list. I have Pablo Sandoval. Um, okay. Pablo is a, a two-time all-star in 2011, 2012 with the giants. Uh, he was the 2012 world series MVP. And let's not all forget that in that world series, he had three home runs in game one of the world series, two off of Justin Verlander and one off of who Rob Al. Albuquerque. Al Albuquerque, one of the great baseball names we've had in recent memories. Um, Our boy boy Ryan's favorite reliever (laughs) of all time. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, But, yeah, Pablo had 11 combined seasons in San Francisco, left, you know, in 2000, after the 2014 World Series year, went to Boston for a couple, but ended up coming back um, 11 years, uh, a 285 average, um, had 135 home runs, Pablo was a great giant. And, um, you know, I hate to, uh, to sound this cause this is like anti Doug and Rob sentiment, but, um, dude, he was just a, he was a funny, good dude that guys like to be around. And that's why he kind of probably stayed around a little longer at the end than he should have. But Pablo's that feel good, um, roster presence, uh, clubhouse presence. And, um, I remember when he came up in, uh, well, his first full year was 2009, 330, 25 home runs, 90 RBIs. And we were like, this dude can play. Um, so love Pablo. One of my all-time favorite Giants, number nine on my list. 
and absolutely impossible to pitch to. That's what I will never forget about Pablo. Probably yep. maybe one of the toughest outs, maybe, maybe ever. Well, truly, may, truly. up there, up there with Vlad Guerrero, I would say, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, good one, good pick. For me, number nine is uh, Freddie Sanchez. Whoa! And I, I gotta admit this, uh, Freddie Sanchez was one of my favorite players before he ever came to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he he was a hit for average. Uh, I forget, I, I forget what year it was. I should have put it down. Uh, but he did he did win win the bang title in in Pittsburgh. I want to believe that was two thousand eight. I think it was oh eight because I he came over 08. in oh nine, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I remember in oh eight because Pittsburgh wasn't good, and well, you know neither were the Giants. <laughs> in no, they were awful that year. <laughs> yeah. But um, I just I just remember uh, you know a lot of a lot of Giants fans, you know, and this before social media, just kind of kind of kicking around, uh, you know, Freddie and Freddie Sanchez, and it didn't happen in 08, but, you know, whatever. Then 09 comes around, and they trade uh, Tim Alderson, who was a who was a high high prospect, uh, pitching prospect for us at the time, and over to Pittsburgh. And, um, Doug, what did he do for Pittsburgh? Um, I believe he did nothing. No, he did nothing. And, and all Freddie Sanchez did was – well, he came over Rake. with well, – well, he came. Well, he came over with a bum shoulder. You know, you know, at the at the time in '09, but in in 2010, you know, he was, he was, uh, you know, just a, a staple in that two hole. And you know, we're never gonna forget. Me personally, when the Giants got to the 2010 World Series, I wasn't quite believing yet because I wouldn't let myself after '02. But when he hits three doubles off of Cliff Lee in, in Game One, First three at bats, you start to think, okay, something's going on here. You know, maybe, may, maybe, maybe something is weird enough for the Giants to win, and you know, they got it done. And I think he was a big part of it. The thing that sucks too with with Freddie Sanchez too um, was he, he got hurt. Uh, what in 2011? I think the next year. Yeah, yeah I remember that was, probably, I, that was it, pretty much. Yeah, and I remember he was making, um, you know, a dive towards second base for a ground ball. And, and I don't remember if it was his shoulder or his back specifically, but he just was never the same and never really came back after that. Nope. Um, great pick. I uh, love Freddie Sanchez. Yes. All time, all time, uh, you know, just, just a pure hitter, man. He was fun to watch. So uh, we'll move on to number eight at number eight. I'm going back to the end of the game guys. And I'm going with the machine, Brian Wilson. Um, Man, B Weezy was fun, dude, for a couple years there. Um, you know, it, it was it was a cool story because I think in in two thousand six, um, he blew out his arm in, at Coors yes. and um, required yeah. Tommy John. But the great thing is, is didn't he finish that inning? Uh, he did. He's I think a weird he finished guy, that, man. that. That's like the equivalent to Kobe <laughs> bl- uh, blowing out his Achilles and still making the free throws after. Like that was just that's that's when you're like, this guy's a certified badass. Sure. Um, but, you know, zoom forward to 2009, 10-11, Brian Wilson um, became the, the closer for the Giants, and he was, he was fantastic. Uh, you know, he had 171 saves from 2006 to 2012. He was a three-time All-Star, the 2010 saves leader in Major League Baseball with 48. Obviously, um, one of our all-time characters that you could put up there with like a Hunter Pence and a Pablo um, – you just remember him. He was, he was a weird dude, but you know, when he settled in on the mound, he was dominant. And um, yeah, number eight, Brian Wilson. Man, that, he was one of those guys on, on that team and you can shoot, you can throw in the guys like Aubrey Huff and Pat Burrell and Lance come and all, all, I mean, all these odd ducks basically Sergio Romo that just, you know, they were cut from a different cloth and, the, you know, the fact that he was a big part of that group that finally broke through when the all-star team in 2002 couldn't do it. I mean, it just makes you wonder, you know, what was, what was really going on in, in 2010. Cause that, that was special. And he was a, just a massive part of it. Yep. All right, Rob, who you got at eight? Number eight, I'm going with uh, another second baseman, Jeff Kent. Okay. The thing Jeff about Jeff Kent, Kent, the thing about Jeff Kent is, maybe one of the most overlooked uh, superstars. I'm calling him a superstar of maybe of our, of our lifetime 
I mean, he, he comes over in a, in a small trade for, from, from the Mets. I believe it was, it was the 90, for the 98 season. I thought he came over from the Indians in 97, wasn't well, it? Well, was it the Indians or the Mets? I think it was, I I think it was the Indians, yes. Oh, okay, might have been the Indians. But, I mean, it's just a very small, low-scale trade. And, yeah, he was, he was, part, he was part of that, that wildcard team that, that, that year that overachieved big time. And I, I, I believe – I believe he still has the most home runs of all of all time from any second baseman, and he is not in the Hall of Fame. Doesn't make any sense. Not really linked to steroids outside of hitting behind Barry Bonds, but it's just one of the most. I mean, it, it, this could be one of those picks where I just I feel a lot of sympathy for the guy because I mean that dude gets no love at all. Like not even mentioned amongst Giants fans. I mean, you hear about Ray Durham before you hear about Jeff Kent. Which, yeah, true. Which it's it's just it's super, it's super sad sad yeah. to me because I me mean, he he hit a candlestick where it was impossible hit 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 the ball out to left field everybody knows it and the guy just the guy just balled out and 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 plus he got on Survivor that one time and that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. Eight- to be specific, though, so I'm looking it up. In 96, he was traded from the Mets to the Indians. Okay. And at okay. the end of 96, so after the 1996 season, he was traded by the Cleveland Indians with a player to be named later, Julian Tavares and Jose Vizcaino to the Julian Giants. For a, yes, for a player to be named later and Matt Williams. That's right. That's oh right. Gosh. I totally forgot that. So great uh, number seven there for Rob. And Eight. we – Number eight. Oh, that was number eight. You're right. I'm sorry. I You're going seven. Mark I Bernard. Was, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, Stan Javier, actually. Uh, no, <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, so number eight. Nice work, Rob. Number seven for me, I'm going to go Brandon Crawford. Um, two-time All-Star, 2015 Silver Slugger, a three-time Gold Glove a winner from 2015 to 17, and a little stat unknown by many, a, the 2016 Triples Leader. thought that was uh, – that was, you know, that's interesting. True. So yeah, 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 that's true. So Random. he's been with the Giants for ten years now. Came up in that 2011 season. Um, you know, this is a guy that's gonna go down, known for one of the all-time, well, maybe not all-time, but you know, this era's worth of all-time gloves. Um, yeah, so smooth, can do tricks with it if he wants to in the game. You know, him and Panic, especially, you know peaking in that 2014 world series like the, the old chronic days um, Absolutely. was just lethal up the middle man you weren't getting anything by him um yeah love brandon crawford uh you know kind of over him now he's got he's got a fastest <laughs> prime but uh since 2000 on um i think brandon crawford absolutely deserves to be on this list he's number seven on mine that's a good one all right number seven for me is ryan Vogelsong. Whoa! Uh, and there's a surprise. I mean, that's not like Chris Collinsworth. You know, here's a guy, but <laughs> I, I mean, a, a very high pick with the with the, with the Giants early, early in his career. You know, it doesn't work out. You know, he's got he's got arm issues. You know, a dude's out of the game. You know, ends up pitching over in Japan, and I mean, what he, we went three. I want to say three, four years, and didn't even hear of him. Hear of him? Yeah. I mean, forgot about him. And I just remember, you know, you know, getting that update, hearing that the Giants were considering bringing Ryan Vogelsong back on a minor league deal. I was like, what? What gut are they? You know, dig him out of what? How, where? Where the hell's he been? And then you start reading <laughs> up on him, and you're just like, geez, man, he's just been over there, kind of, kind of like Jake Taylor. <laughs> you know, in major league, <laughs> you know, but not Mexico. He's in, he's in Japan, you know, one of those type things. And I mean, I mean, just, just such an really an, an inspirational story to any, anybody, you know, who, you know, loses their, 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 their place, their place in the game. And somehow, you know, I mean, I guess you could, you could throw in a guy like Travis Ishikawa too, yeah. who, who kind of, yeah. who kind of went, went down that road. But just lost her spot in, in the organization, in not not just the organization, the the league, baseball, the yeah. baseball, you know. And for him to come back and God, I mean, 
getting the Ws, you know, he got specifically in, in, in 2012, of course, you know, game six in the LCS against the Cardinals after the, after the Rally Zito game in game five, you know, he just backs it up with, with a gem of his own. I mean, you, you just, you can't, you can't over, overstate, you know, the, you know, the, the, the balls on that guy. I mean, that's, that's all I can really say. Yeah, Vogelsong's one of those great, like, what the heck kind of stories. Because, um, like you said, he was forgot about for a, a several seasons, and then comes back and even makes an All Star game back in right, right. What was it 2011 12. or 12? Yeah. 12. 12. And um, he was really good along, and, and the Giants needed him, and they rode him. And yeah, his his that's a great. I, I wish I would have thought of him. He, he, I would put him as an honorable mention, I guess, on my list now because uh, I'll be honest, I, I don't have him on mine. But um, Ryan Vogelsong, that's a good one, dude. That's a really good one. Um, so we'll move on to number six for me, and I have the horse, Matt Kane. Um, three-time All-Star. Yeah, three-time All-Star, 2009, 11, and 12. Uh, had 15 career complete games, including – the perfect game back in 2012, which was the first one in uh, San Francisco Giants history. And I believe it's the only one still. Right. Um, Kane is one of those guys that will go down and, and he'll have his plaque on the wall outside of uh, the ballpark, you know, in the next year or two, probably. Um, he better. You know, always had good stuff. Didn't dominate you. But always, I if, if you were to give me a guy in the last 20 years to say, hey, Give me a chance to win one game. And obviously you're thinking probably Bumgarner, but I mean, a guy that will keep you in the game, only give up two to three runs max. You may not win because he had, he, he had the lowest run support in major league baseball for a couple years. Oh yeah. Um, but Matt Cain always gave you a chance to win a baseball game. And um, he was great. 13 years total, uh, 3.68 ERA, uh, 104 wins. Um, and yeah, just a, a bad luck recipient when it comes to run support because he was a great pitcher for several years so number six on my list Matt Kane. yeah I'm not sure if anybody knows this but uh you know he created the hashtag hashtag uh caned you know when yeah. yep. <laughs> true yeah you know, when dudes get no run support for the for the Giants but but yeah that's a the, yeah he's he's on this list 100 percent Quick, quick, funny story real quick I went to a Giants and A's game I think it was 2010 at the Coliseum Matt Kane went, I believe, all nine, gave up one hit, and got a loss. So that just sum that just sums up, you know, <laughs> Matt Kane's luck. So number six on my list, Matt Kane. Okay, number so so we're at six. Correct. Number six for me is Hunter Pence, and this is this is another guy where I I was a huge fan of him when he played for the Astros and for the Phillies. You know, I whenever you whenever you see, you saw him come up, you know, you were just like, "What the hell is this guy? This guy is on, is on one man." He, he didn't wear <laughs> didn't wear bang gloves. You know, he had, he had he had the pants high. He was just he wouldn't stop moving. And I'm like, man, you know this. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool, you know, if he could ever become a giant because you know, despite all the weird shit he did, I mean, the dude was an all star before he came to San Francisco. And of course, man, like you you ask any of those guys who are from, from, from those teams and, you know, you, we, we all, we've all seen the, the YouTube videos and the documentaries and the, the baseball stories on LB network. I mean, he, he was the guy, you know, he was the guy, he was the force in that locker room, you know, that, reverend. yeah, he was, he was the reverend, of course, you know, that, you know, help get them out, out of that hole in, in, in Cincinnati, like the stories well documented, like at, at, you know, at the time I didn't, think much of it but the longer time went on and he was he's one of those guys too where you know he didn't just say it I mean the dude was a top three player on on the team you know you know he was he was a producer you know him I remember him and him and Pablo I mean they were the only guys in the 2014 World Series who even hit a lick I mean really they did everything and so it's hard. It's hard for me to, to to put put out a list and not conclude Hunter Pence because I mean I feel like he is personally responsible for two of those three World Series titles. So Hunter Pence. Yeah, great pick. Um, yeah, Pence will go down as all, another all-time Giants fans favorite. Um, 
but he wasn't just that. He was he was a damn good baseball player. And for player. and for like four or five years in San Francisco, he was a really good baseball player. And you know, he had some he was a great hitter, um, great energy guy, but man, I'll never forget that catch he made um going off the bricks in right field. Um against the nationals. Just, yeah, just just great pick. Great pick. I'll, I'll go with you on that. Um, so I'm going to go to number five on my list, and you already brought him up, and that's Jeff Kent. Um, so I won't go too deep into it because you've already, we've already talked about him. 2000 National League MVP, Silver Slugger from 2000 to 2002, an All-Star in 2000, 2001. Um, he hit 315 with a 387 on-base percentage. 92 home runs, 339 RBIs in three seasons from 2000 to 2002. I'm, I was, remember, I'm keeping. I'm glad. I'm glad you got the numbers. Yes, I'm keeping statistics strictly 2000 on. So, but yeah, Jeff Kent, like you said, um, really kind of gets underappreciated. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, yes. does someday. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely up there. Uh, again, maybe overshadowed by number 25 out in left field and. Um, even though they got along great at the time, knock, knock. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah. Hey, Jeff can't absolutely, you know, growing up for us was a damn good baseball player. Absolutely deserves to be on this list for the both of us. So my number five, Jeff Kent. Yep. He's gotta be, he's gotta be. All right. Number five for me is uh, Gerald D Posey, Buster Posey. Okay. Uh, okay. I got, I got to see Posey play a lot in San Jose, you know, lucky enough to go watch play in Stockton. And I mean, this guy, I mean, outside of being, you know, the 2012 MVP and all the all-star games, all all the silver sluggers and just a a wizard behind the plate. I mean, this this is a nice guy, a very nice guy. I mean, I got his autograph like eight times and he didn't blow me (laughs) off once. <laughs> and, and hey, hey Rob, how's it no, going? No, no, and, no, and, no, and he knew by like the fifth time you know, who who I was, and and he <laughs> didn't care. He like waved me off or nothing. I mean, and this guy, you know, he's getting swarmed. At, you know, every time, of course. And the interesting part about Posey was early early on was they held him back. You know, he was in that in that group with Crawford and Bumgarner, guys like that. They were all, all kind of came up together, but because he played so many positions at Florida State, and he had to learn to catch full time and make that his position and not play shortstop and pitch and do all his, all his other things that he did at Florida state. So they held him back, you know, a little while longer than I think of a lot of teams would have, or that fans like you and I wanted, wanted them to, but I mean, you can't argue with, with the results, obviously as, as soon, as soon as he took Benji Molina's spot, I mean, that changed the course of the franchise. It did. Yeah. You know, he, and Benji Molina was good, very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And but look, look what happened. You know he you know he comes in there and takes over a staff that consists of guys like Tim Lincecum and Barry Barry Zito, Jonathan Sanchez, Matt Cain, Bumgarner, like just guys, studly pitchers, and none of them miss a beat. Are, are, are you are you kidding me? I mean he is man. They they don't have any of their success without him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and like you said, he was an immediate impact, right? Right when he got there and there's no way they win at least the 2010 world series without him. Um, nope. Zero chance. you know, and I, I'm not going to talk too much about him because obviously I have him on my list, just not yet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Buster Posey is Robbie's number five. Number good pick. Five. Good pick. Number four, I'm going to go with big time, Timmy Jim, the freak Tim Lincecum. Uh, at number four, the two young, two-time Cy Young Award winner in 08-09, four-time All-Star from 2008 to 11, strikeout leader from 2008 to 2010, including two no-hitters in his career against the San Diego Padres. Padres. Um, I won't go. I won't go further in the numbers. But Tim Lincecum, you know, when he came up in 2007, which was you know the farewell Barry Bonds tour. Um, mm-hmm. This kid came up, and I remember, you know, Robbie and I are 16, 17 years old at the time, and we're looking at his – yeah, well, for me at least. Um, (laughs) And I remember, dude, we're looking at his stats from Fresno, and we're like, my God, this guy's pitched, I don't know, 60, 70 innings already. He's got a .29 ERA. Are you kidding me? 
I didn't know much about him at the time. And then, um, you know, YouTube was kind of different back then. But, yeah. you know, this guy's 5'10", soaking wet, 160 pounds and uh, from Washington and is flamethrowing 97 to 98 consistently. And, um, yeah, there's no ifs and such about it. The, the late 2000s, early 2010s, Tim Lincecum, one of the most dominant pitchers in the game. And um, he's number four on my list. That's that's a great number four. Can't argue with that. Number four for me is going to be the horse, Matt Cain. And Matt Cain, who looks dead on Bobby Hill, by the way. I don't know if anybody's ever really noticed that. <laughs> hey, Bobby. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, I'll tell you what. It is uncanny, but a smoking wife doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, he – we looked forward to his start so much in 06 and in those just shit years. And when when Bonds – yeah, when Bonds was uh, chasing down, uh, you know, Hank Aaron, you know, know, during during that time, you know, outside of that, I mean, we – Matt Cain was it. You know, I remember we would, like – because my aunt has season tickets, we would map out what games Matt Cain would be pitching. Like, okay, we're going to that game. We are going to that game. And, of course, you know, you go, and the Giants will lose 2-1, to one, or, they, or they'd win 3-2, to two, wh- yeah. whatever. But as every time, no matter who they were playing, I mean, the guy, the guy just eight innings. He was going seven no matter what every time he got the ball. And the best part about it was, too, was when the team – made that turn you know in, in, in 2010 I mean the guy damn near had a zero ERA in the playoffs that year I, I am through a shutout in in game two it wasn't in that in that game against CJ Wilson which the Giants ended up winning the game like nine to nothing but that game was like zero zero going going to the seventh inning and that was a huge game that was right after they they, they had knocked off Cliff Lee in, in, in game one and he just went out there and just and just shoved it again, and he just it, that was very fitting, like because you you would you would hated to see him, you know, maybe crumble a little bit once they actually got there after putting in so many, so many years of just dealing for for, for the franchise, but he he was a big game pitcher to boot. Once they got to those big games, he did not disappoint, and the guy was you know he that that's a forever giant right there, and you know walked away didn't play for anybody else i mean that you know with Lentzkem and Bumgarner and those guys in the fold he gets overlooked a little bit but you know not here you know i'm glad you brought up the 2010 postseason because um and i already talked about him, so i'll wrap up matt kane here right. but um i wanted to before you reminded me bring up the 2010 postseason because he threw like 20 and a third and he gave up one unearned run in the in <laughs> thank you thank you Dude, it's unreal. In 2010, he gets overlooked because of how dominant Linscom was, oh, and, um, was and how dominant, you know, even you could throw in the closer Brian Wilson was. Um, people kind of overlook how dominant Matt Cain was himself in the 2010 postseason. So that's a great pick, man. Great pick. Um, number three on my list, uh, Madison Bumgarner. And, um, you know, four-time All-Star, 2013 to 16, uh obviously the 2014 world series mvp nobody can ever forget 2014 game seven in the world series where he comes out starts the fifth inning just on what two days rest and yeah. <laughs> 68 68 69 nice uh pitches or whatever and i remember i think he gave up what omar and fonte like got a hit off of him in that first inning and then after that he was just nails you didn't Forget touch it. madison Bumgarner. um go, goes down as arguably the greatest postseason pitcher of all time and that's not the giants that's baseball yeah. right. um in the last thing stats wise i'll do because he has great stats through the years i mean he and don't forget he hit 19 home runs and 62 <laughs> rbis as yeah. a hitter um but dude in 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 Three separate World Series, 36 innings pitched, 0.25 ERA. Just dominant, unfazed by anything, stoic, same face. Could could be, you know, first game of the season. Uh, it could be game seven of the World Series. 
Madison Bumgarner um, will go down as one of the greatest giants of all time, um, possibly the greatest postseason pitcher of all time, has the resume to, to argue for it. Um, an easy number three on my list, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, got to be gotta be up there. So number three for me is going to be Tim Winscombe. And I think, I think with him, it's funny because he was one of the guys that the scouts actually got right. They, they called him right. They said he's got all the stuff. You know, he is going to be a strikeout machine, but he puts everything he has in every pitch, and that might hurt him in, in, in the long term, in the long it run. Did. They, it did. They, they, I remember that. I remember when they drafted because that I believe I believe that was the Clayton Kershaw draft as well, and they took him right after Kershaw, I think. I think Kershaw went seven and let's see. Was it two thousand five, two thousand six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they they were in the same class. Yeah, they were and, within picks of each other. Yes, yeah. yes. And um, I just I remember distinctly hearing that, and I'm like, well, damn, you know. Hopefully his you know his shit is as good as they say because you know he went to Washington, you know you. Know, college baseball you know it doesn't get the coverage that basketball basketball and football do yeah at the the collegiate level but you know he shows up and god i want to say they were playing the phillies it was somebody it was it was a Sunday night baseball game his first career start and what the you know it it, it was like me and you playing wiffle ball you know throwing the throwing the pitches i'm like what the hell is this dude doing holy shit i I think it was (laughs) the phillies though i remember it was was somebody very good i think the the giants lost the game i remember that distinctly but he pitched well he pitched well and he threw like 100 pitches in like six innings or something like that and he's just throwing everything he's got at the batter like his body's doing all this crazy shit and but you know the longer it went you could tell he wasn't just a, a flash in the pan you know he he was a student of the game and Dave, and once Dave Rigetti, you know, got it, got his claws on him, you know, you, you could see that, you know, the, they were going to, you know, make, make this guy elite and they weren't going to make him just uh okay. We're going to see him. You guys can strike out. Then we're going to yank him and oh, oh, well, but, and I went to a game in 08 with my dad. I'll never forget it. They were playing Arizona and Brandon Webb was pitching. And the Giants oh, wow. sucked. And the Giants sucked. And I think it was the I, Brandon Webb was top three in Cy Young that year too. And the Giants, all, and the Giants all like one nothing. I remember walking out of that stadium so freaking pissed, being like, "They're gonna waste this motherfucker's talent." God damn it! <laughs> this is why this team never wins shit, man. This team sucks. And I remember just walking out and my my dad being like, "Oh yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> 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 but I mean, it just from. The, the the low days like that and the, into where where we eventually got like you, you you touched on it you know the guy stared down you know a, another postseason legend and Cliff Lee you know like it like it, it was nothing you know struggled in, in that first game but game one but hey you know what he did better than Cliff Lee you know he, he hung in there and then once once game five ro- 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 rolled around you know what what nerves you know he saw that line a second time and he got the job done and got got that ball to wilson and we finally got what we've always wanted but man like let's come was the embodiment of the of that movement you know you know he was cut from a different cloth and you know he didn't you know he didn't care gotta love uh tim let comes mechanics man he'll go down as my all-time favorite mechanics and it's oh it's not God. even close God. just just no wonder he's <laughs> called the freak you got this guy winding up, looking back, hiding the ball into the last second, falling off the mound, giving, like you said, every ounce of his energy, every ounce of his physical being into it. And that's why it caught up to him after, you know, probably 2011. But don't forget, too, in 2012, when he was struggling as a starter, he came in in the postseason out of the pen and yes. provided some huge innings for the Killed Giants. It. Middle relief. And, um, yeah. And you know what? True pro handled it in stride never bitched or complained about it um just said hey i want to help this team win another world series and he did so um yeah tim let's come you can put anywhere on this list and it still wouldn't be good enough so right uh number three tim let's come for rob number two this is where i place buster posey um 2010 rookie of the year 2012 nl mvp also the batting champ sorry uh milky uh, <laughs> six-time All-Star, Gold Glove in 2016. I don't need to go on and on. 
Uh, Buster Posey's like, if you could pick the glue, Buster Posey's the glue of the last decade. Okay. And, um, you know, all around uh, a guy that hit for power for several years, um, great behind the plate. But, you know, what catchers don't get a ton of credit for is is actual catching and managing staffs. And um, boring. You know, well, yeah, to the, to the casual fan, but it's like, you know, he's caught several no hitters. Uh, he's caught, um, you know, a perfect game. And, you know, the catchers get lost in that credibility there. And um, he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, Buster Posey's going to be going down as, as an all-time great catcher. He'll probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, whenever he retires and deservingly so. So I won't go too on about that. Number two, Buster Posey. Um, Rob, who's your number two? My number two is Madison Bumgarner. And this is tough. I mean, I mean, I flipped Kane, Blitzkem, and Bumgarner probably like four times before I finalized it in one way or another. But I, I mean, you you can't you can't overstate just the the nuts on this man. I talked about Volkosong and and the determination and, and the stones he showed to get back to where he got Bumgarner. You know he, you know he had some some issues coming up in the minors. You know he had, I you, you heard about him getting kicked out of games. You heard about his anger issues, yelling at umps, and we God dang, do we not see that over the years with the, with the Dodgers and Yeso Puig and Max Muncy <laughs> and those guys. But so, but people people forget that about Bumgarner. You know he wasn't just this machine guy coming through the system. You know he had he had his problems. You know the stuff was always there, but. I don't know what happened between between 08 or in the minors and by the time he got called up in in, in 2010, you know, for reals. But so somebody got to him. Don't know who it was. Whoever you are, thank God. But I mean, that guy talk about not giving a shit about anything once he got the ball in, in a big situation. In a situation. I mean, I, I I don't know. Like we, uh, I don't know if any Dodger fans are, are listening, but we've watched Clayton Kershaw do this for years and, and Kershaw's every bit as good as Bumgarner better and him not being able, being able to, to do half of what Bumgarner's done. Just it's inconceivable, you know, with the, without, with the opportunities that, 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 that he is, that he has had, but, but with, well, with, with Bumgarner, it's just, I, I can't explain it. And you talked about earlier, you know, coming in off two days rest after, after throwing a shutout, in, in game five of the of the 14 world series to come in and just shut KC down again. And the, I mean, we're not, that's not even talking about the, the 20, 2010 game four against the best lineup in baseball that year when the Texas Rangers, you, did, did you know he was the only lefty that the Rangers lost to at home that whole year? That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. And he was a, he couldn't even buy beer at the time. No, nah, I think it was twenty. Yeah, yeah, he was twenty. You know, and so I don't know. I, I just I I think it's very important to remember that the dude did go through his shit to get to where he he, he got to, and I mean just the the perseverance and whatever he was able to do to to to, to get in that mode where he was not he wasn't going to be the reason they lost ever in a big game. So. That's some Bob Garner. You know, the statue will be out there. It better be. Yeah, no argument for me. Uh, so Rob's number two, Madison Bumgarner. So quick recap before we top this thing off. Robbie's top 10. Number 10, Javier Lopez. Number nine, Freddie Sanchez. Number eight, Jeff Kent. Seven, Ryan Vogelsong. Six, Hunter Pence. Five, Buster Posey. Four, Matt Kane. Three, Tim Linscombe. And two, Madison Bumgarner. My top 10. So far, 10, Rob Nen, 9, Pablo Sandoval, 8, Brian Wilson, 7, Brandon Crawford, 6, Matt Kane, 5, Jeff Kent, 4, Tim Linscombe, 3, Madison Bumgarner, 2, Buster Posey. And now we get to number one, where I have a feeling we're probably going to say the same guy, and his initials are BB, and it's Brandon Belt. And so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's, Dan, let's, how'd you know? Let's not beat around the bush. Number one is Barry Bonds. Can we do and, this together? Um, sure. So, um, <laughs> I'll start and then you can close. So we don't have to do it separately. Number one shared by the both of us. And I already wrote it down. It's going to be Barry Bonds. Um, I'll do the numbers and then you can talk about Barry Bonds. Uh, 
This is just from 2000 on, okay, people? Four MVPs, five all-star appearances, including 2007, his last year at the age of 42. And don't forget, he missed nearly all of 2005. He missed 148 games coming off that knee surgery. Um, Barry Bonds just from 2000 to 2007 alone. 317 home runs, 697 RBIs. Um, he was walked 1,128 times, including 390 intentional walks. It's just stupid. It's stupid. Um, and he did that all in 986 games played from 2000 to 2007 when he ended his career. Obviously goes down as the number one uh, home run leader of all time, 762. Hit 73 in 2001, which is a single-season record. Um, I, I don't even need to keep going on. Barry Bonds, arguably the greatest baseball player of all time. I think we both think that. Um, dominant, just go on, Rob. Go. Man, I mean, I don't, don't know what else to say, honestly. I, he, was, he was the reason we, we watched the Giants. He was the reason we, you know – got one of the main reasons we even got in, into baseball in, in the in the first place you know i can't imagine being a five-year-old and flipping on you know my tv and having my favorite player on my you know favorite team be like scott Rowland and getting passionate <laughs> about baseball i mean we had barry bonds you know growing up like that spoiled you know, and for, for forget all, all the all the stuff later in his career even early on in the, in the mid nineties. I mean, the dude, he did everything. He hit the ball at the park, you know, in, in a place where you couldn't hit the, you couldn't hit the ball at the park, you know, a, a candlestick. And, you know, he, 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 once he got on base, you knew he was going to steal. You know, if he had an opportunity to throw somebody out, you knew he was, he was probably going to throw him out. Teams were afraid of him. And I remember my, my, my biggest fear when I was a little kid was, or the Giants can be able to hold on to him, you know. I th and I and pe people forget about this season, but in '97 when they were when they were projected to come in dead last, like in baseball, and they end up getting in the wild card and lo losing to the Marlins. But who won the whole thing? Yeah, actually, no. I, I take it back. They won the West. They won the West that year. Yes, yes. Because that, that was the Brian Johnson year. And they, mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. But I think that year right there was probably enough to keep bonds barry on on board like you you hear you hear him say that you know i i always knew i wanted to be a, a giant for life when once i signed but you know who knows like i don't you know athletes are are strange strange people you know we we see him more personal now with, with social media but but i believe bonds was, was kind of like that at one point in, in, in his career but he you know he was you know he stuck with it and, and and he and he ends up be, you know, being a giant giant for life, you know, breaking all all, all those records, you know, that you know the epic matchup against Eric Eric Gagne that we talked about a few episodes ago. Yeah. Never never forget that. I mean, he was if he was coming up, if if you knew he was coming up in the next in the next inning, you weren't going nowhere. It it didn't matter what was going on. And another memorable memorable at bat with him, which. I think gets forgotten about a lot too because they lost the game. Was game two in the Tennessee World Series when he took Troy Percival so freaking far out of almost five hundred feet oh plus, my probably. God, I mean, I'll, that, that that's that's the stuff that even even now when dudes are up there trying to do that every at bat, you you just don't see. And yeah, he's he's the greatest player of all time, man, and. Yeah, I don't think we would love baseball the way we do now if not for him. Just, That's a great point. And, and in case in case you missed it two episodes ago, we uh, made the case for Barry Bonds and getting into the Hall of Fame and you know, again, that's a whole episode for itself. So if you haven't heard it yet, go back two episodes, episode 10, um, you know, where we're talking about why Barry should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'll just leave it on this and I I know I'm a numbers guy, but this is incredibly incredible and it's stupid. From 2000 to 2007, you know what his on-base percentage was? Oh, God. 517. 517. That means almost 52% of the time, Barry Bonds somehow, someway was getting on base. It's that's incredible. Over, that's over half if you suck at numbers. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, so, yeah, we unanimously 
agree. Um, Barry Bonds, the number one greatest giant, not only from 2000 to 2020, but arguably of all time. And, you know, you, just to close, too, you, you brought up after that 97 season what kept him around. You know, it didn't hurt that uh, his godfather was um, someone by the name of Willie Mays. That yeah. might have helped. That and that he's, that he's from here. He's from the Bay Area. So. Yeah. That was a huge um, deal. Huge deal. I think that's a big reason why he signed and <laughs> came here in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, big reason. Um, those are our top 10 Giants from 2000 to the present. Um, if you agree or disagree, feel free to let us know on social media. You know, obviously, it's Christmas Eve while we're recording this right now, but this is going to be released, uh, I believe, December 28th. So make sure you go on uh, Giants Chatter on Facebook or on Twitter. Give us your top 10 of the last 20 years, and uh, we'd love to uh, discuss and debate with you on that. And um, For sure. You know, uh, this is our last recording possibly for the rest of the year. So, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Thank God 2020 is coming to an end. I think all of us can agree on that. Um, Robbie, got anything else? No, I mean, I, I think you pretty much covered it all. You know, stay safe out there. You know, we're all, you know, pretty uh, excited that 2020 is coming to an end. So if you are out celebrating and you're, you're with friends and family, yeah, just be safe. You know, we don't we don't want to drag this uh this COVID-19 shit out longer than we than we have to but no if you got if you got to tie on a few these this next week I don't blame you because I'm be doing the same just just be safe (laughs) all right guys hey until next time for say hey Rob this is say hey Doug go Giants go Giants when the Giants come to town it's bye bye baby every time the chips are done Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.